Welcome to a soul-nourishing broadcast on Power of the Cross Radio. Up next is a sermon from Josh Rosenstern. This message titled, The Spirit of the Lord, explores a topic that has moved hearts and ignited spirits throughout history. Brother Josh unravels the profound significance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Through scriptural insights, real-life anecdotes, and moments of reflection, we'll delve into the transformative power of the Spirit that brings guidance, comfort, and renewal. So, as we embark on this spiritual journey together, may your hearts be open to receive the presence of the Spirit of the Lord. Now, on to the message. Open your Bibles, please, to the book of St. Luke. Luke chapter 4 and 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Turn over, please, to verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Jesus goes to Nazareth and begins to teach in the synagogue, and when he does, he takes the scroll of the book of the prophet Isaiah, and he reads, beginning in verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them who are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Tonight, we're going to believe the Lord to touch us as we minister on the subject of the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. Bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. We thank you for the presence of Almighty God that's here tonight. Lord, I'm asking that you would touch me, touch us, that we would receive from you, that we would be filled unto overflowing. We ask that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up, and that we tonight would be edified. In the name of Jesus, we say it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And Amen. Praise the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. One thing that I will always remember about Dad's mom, my grandmother. She was, we were just talking about this in the car. She was a, can I use the term feisty? (laughs) Fiery? She, um, when she knew something and when she had an opinion, that was it. You did not argue it. You did not try to convince her otherwise. And if you did, you did so at your own risk. She knew one thing without question. She knew the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it she tuned in even to SBN and she did not feel the spirit of God moving, whether it was in the music or it was in the preaching. She would get a little perturbed, a little mad because she knew what the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit was. And if she didn't feel it, if she didn't sense the spirit of God moving, she was disinterested and she'd get a little upset. Because she knew that as good as the preacher might be, and as accurate
accurate as what the preacher was preaching, if the Spirit of God wasn't moving, there would not be the touch that was needed in the hearts and the lives of the people. She knew that it was the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks the yoke. She knew what it was, and she knew what was necessary. The anointing, the presence of Almighty God. And I remember in, in what would be the last conversation that I would have with her, and I didn't know it would be, but it was my last conversation with her before she went to glory. One of the last things that she would say, she had said it over and over again before that. She said, we've got to have a touch of the Lord. We must have the moving, the operation of the Holy Spirit, because in that is life. In that alone is life. When we look at the life, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was perfect. He was not born with a sin nature. He was perfect. Everything that the Lord did, everything that the Master did, it was in perfect obedience to the will of His Father. He came to do the will of the Father. Every step that He took, every place that He went, every miracle that He worked, it came only through the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Everything that he did, every word that he said, he was filled with the Holy Spirit as no man had ever been filled before. He followed the guidance of the Holy Spirit unlike anyone had ever done before. In the Old Testament, the old, under the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit would come upon individuals and he would even enter into them to some degree, but it was for just a short period of time. That's why David would say, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He would come upon them and anoint them to carry out specific tasks, to undergo certain things, but then he would have to leave because the price for sin had not yet been paid. The blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin, but the blood of the Lamb of God took away every sin and cleansed every stain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Under this new covenant, which is a better covenant, based on better promises, because it's built upon the rock, Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit not just with us, but He is in us. Jesus said He won't just be with you, but He shall be in you as well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, as the Holy Spirit would come upon the men of old, even the women too, but He would come upon them for these specific tasks. The first thing that we see that the Holy Spirit would do, especially regarding the Word, is He would bring and will bring revelation. The second thing that He does is through something called inspiration. And the third thing is illumination. Revelation is something that is exactly as it sounds. It's something new. It is the unveiling of a truth that is new to the world, new to the church, even new to the individual. We see that God will work, the Holy Spirit will work through means of revelation 
specifically in the Old Testament through the prophets. And now in today's day and age, in the church age, we see it mainly in operation through the apostle, the office of the apostle. Think about the apostle Paul and the revelation of the new covenant, the revelation of the cross. That did not come about because of Paul's intellect, and he was very intelligent. It did not come about because of his learning, because of his education. But his understanding of this new covenant, talking about Paul, came from the Holy Spirit, giving revelation. We can even say that today, and I don't think I'm going too far in saying this, the Holy Spirit gave Brother Swaggart a revelation when he opened up the message of the cross back in 1996 or 97, whichever. That was the revelation, the Holy Spirit working through those means. When you talk about inspiration, the Lord moved on the men of old to write what is the Scripture. It is divinely inspired. Every word in this book is the Word of God. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. He searched the vocabulary of every single individual that wrote the Scriptures and chose every single word because not one word, not one jot, not one tittle will pass away. But this Word is eternal. His Word is eternal, the Word of God. The world has a problem with the Bible. Did you know that? The educational world really has a problem with the Bible. They have a problem with the Bible because this is the only book that tells where man has come from, what man is, a wretched sinner, and where man is going, hell or heaven, as we preached, tried to preach last night. But the main point is this. The Bible tells us that man is in need of a Savior and he cannot save himself. Man doesn't like that. But once you accept it, it is joy unspeakable. It is salvation. It is eternal life. Hallelujah in Christ. This word was divinely inspired. When you read the Bible, you're reading the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is our roadmap. This is what should guide everything in our hearts and in our lives. And because it is inspired, the Holy Spirit will speak to you through the word. Now, let me just say this. If a preacher says something. Or if you read something somewhere and it's not in line with this book, with the word of God, ignore it. The Holy Spirit will never say something he will never Indicate something that's not perfectly lined up with the Bible. Now, if the church would just get back to that, none of the fads would go anywhere. I'm serious. Think about it. Now, they will take scripture and they'll twist it to fit with whatever their fad is. But if the church would just get back, and I'm talking about the body of Christ. If the church, the one sitting in the pew would get back to reading the Word of God and make sure that everything from behind the pulpit lines up with this book, then the fads wouldn't go anywhere. They would be just like, you, I'll be honest, when I picked up that Purpose Driven Life book, you know, Dad talks about it all the time, the Purpose Driven Life, or what do you call it, the Purpose Driven Lie? <laughs> He's got a term for everything. He says, Purpose Driven Lie, what's the other one you like? Demon Cratch, you got the whole thing down. 
He's a nice guy, though, really, he is. But when you start reading that book, I mean, you don't have to get but a few page turns into it, and you realize it's not of God. I mean, you just, it's obvious. And when you read the scriptures, you realize that the dear brother who is the author simply took scriptures where he uses them, and he misapplies them. He twists them. Did you know that Satan uses the Word of God? In the text that we read, the part that we skipped over where Jesus went into the wilderness, if you read it, the devil used, Satan used Scripture to try to pervert the Word of God. Now, Jesus combated that with Scripture in the right way. But the devil will use Scripture. But he perverts it. And that's how he lies. So we have revelation, which is an unveiling of a truth, of a salient truth. We have inspiration. This is how the Holy Spirit works regarding the Word. And then we have illumination. Now that is for all of us, for every believer. Illumination is exactly what the Word says. It is when there's there's something there, but you can't see it until the light shines on it. Now, under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, there was limited illumination. It was kind of like if you picture a shadow. If I were to take a light and shine uh, the shadow of my hand on the wall or, or, or of my iPad or something, you could see a shape, right? You could get a picture. You could have an idea of what the object is, but you're not able to see the object. It's a shadow. But there is some light there. That's how you have the shadow. But under this new covenant, because of what Jesus did at Calvary, we don't just have the shadow of the old covenant. We're no longer under a veil, but that veil has been removed. We now have the substance. We have that which the, the old covenant was pointing to. We have the Lamb, Jesus Christ. So we have revelation. We have inspiration and now illumination. That's why when you open up the Bible, which was the revelation of Jesus Christ to, to mankind, this is the story of Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation. And you have the inspiration, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now when you read it, the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate that's why you'll read the scripture and say, oh, I've read this any number of times, but it'll be like something just jumps off the page and is brand new to you as the Lord illuminates, the Holy Spirit illuminates the word of God. This is the answer to dealing with false doctrine. If you are hearing from God and if the Holy Spirit is the one illuminating the scriptures, then you're not going to fall for that which Satan has brought about as a lie. To have the illumination of the Holy Spirit, His illuminating work, His power, if you have that functioning in your heart and in your life, then you're not going to fall for the devil's tricks in his games. Amen? Now, he's playing a lot of games, which is why we have to be grounded and rooted firmly in the Word of Almighty God. But when we look at the life of Jesus Christ, we see in every aspect the Holy Spirit working. Every aspect. And we see in the scripture verses that we read 
Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit. And he was anointed by the Spirit. That is now available to every believer all over the world. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter if you're old or if you're young. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, how much money you do or do not have in your bank account. It doesn't matter if you were born in the United States of America or if you were born in Israel or if you were born in China. It matters not. Everything regarding the Holy Spirit is now available to us because of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary 2000 years ago. He will be with you and in you the spirit of God. When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, you can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts you of sin. He is the one that convicts you and makes you realize that you are a rotten, dirty, lost sinner on your way to hell. And he's the one that makes you feel that conviction and draws you and pushes you to the Lord Jesus Christ. He pushes you, directs you, points you to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the moment that you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit performs a work in your heart. Now, it's it's experiential, but it's not. What, what do I mean by that? The work that the Holy Spirit does, we don't necessarily feel the full effects of it, but we do feel the impact of it. That moment, if you'll think back that you said yes to Christ and that weight lifted off your shoulders. Hallelujah. When you could say, I am redeemed, I am saved, I am born again, born again. There's really been a change in me born again, just like Jesus said. The Holy Spirit begins to work and the first work that he does in your heart and in your life is the work of regeneration. Regeneration. You can read about it in Titus chapter three and verse five by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Now, this blesses me. And here's why. All the world can do is take somebody and rehabilitate them. You've heard that term rehabilitate. You work with them. You try to change their habits. If they were struggling with with drinking with alcohol, you try to get them away from that and have them join AA and every day they'll fight to not take a drink. But that's all that the world can do is try to just rehabilitate somebody. All of our prison systems, they they try to just rehabilitate and they keep getting the opportunity because as soon as somebody gets out, they come right back in. Because there's been no change. But when a person says yes to Christ, oh, hallelujah, when that sinner comes to Calvary, the Holy Spirit regenerates that person. That means that they are no longer the same scoundrel that they used to be. They're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things are made new in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not the same person that I was. Now, I was saved as a child, so I couldn't have been that bad. Right? <laughs> if anyone would know, it's him. 
But when I was born, just like all of you, I was born into sin. It's not about acts of sin. We're born into sin. But when we are saved, we're translated from darkness to light. We're translated from death to life. We're translated from hell to heaven. We're translated from the devil's kingdom to the kingdom of Almighty God. We are regenerated. So when the devil comes to you, and he does this, maybe he doesn't do it to you, but when he comes and he tries to remind you of things of your past, you can tell him, devil, I don't remember those things, nor does God, because they're in the sea of God's forgetfulness. My sins are gone. Gone at last. Gone at last. My sins are gone at last. I had a long streak of that bad, bad time, but my sins, praise God, are gone. Gone at last. Hallelujah. Dear listeners of Power of the Cross Radio, we're reaching out to you today with a heartfelt request that can make a world of difference. Our mission to spread hope, faith, and inspiration relies on your generous support. For years, Power of the Cross Radio has been a guiding light, bringing you messages of love, healing, and spiritual growth. But to continue touching lives, we need your help. Your contributions enable us to produce quality content, reach wider audiences, and keep the message of faith alive. Every dollar you offer is an investment in nurturing souls and fostering a community of believers. Join hands with us today. Your offering, whether big or small, holds the power to transform lives. Together, we can ensure that the light of power of the Cross Radio continues to shine brightly. Visit our website at www.cross.radio to make your secure donation. Remember, it's not just a financial contribution, it's a step towards spreading love, hope, and the message of the Cross to those who need it most. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support fuels our mission, and together, we can make a profound impact. Now, back to the message. You are regenerated. That means you're a new person. You were dead, but now you are alive in Christ Jesus. And your power source, now here it is, your power source is no longer you. Somebody say amen. It's no longer your willpower. It's no longer your strength. It's no longer your ability or your inabilities. But your power source is now the Holy Spirit, the same spirit of God that that moved in Christ, that moved on his life and in his heart. And the same spirit of God that raised him up out of that grave on the third day is alive and working in your heart and in your life. Glory to God. That's the benefit. One of the benefits of this great new covenant in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Are we taking advantage of it? Hmm. That regenerative power, that regenerative working power of the Holy Spirit. The other thing that happens when we are saved is that we are baptized into Christ. You can read it in Romans chapter 6. Don't you know that when you are saved, you are baptized? As many of you have been saved, you are baptized into Christ. The Holy Spirit, when we place our faith In that finished work of Christ. And that's how you're saved, right? And that's how you stay saved. He baptizes you. He baptized me into Christ. Which means in the mind of God, when Jesus Christ hung and died on Calvary's cross, we were in him. We were baptized into his death. 
We were buried with him and we are raised in newness of life. Glory to God. We're baptized into Christ. When you look at me, I am in Christ. That's my position. Glory to God in Christ. He baptizes us into Christ. And then there is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You can read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. It tells us that we are now the temple of God. We are. In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the temple was an edifice. It was a building that they had to go to. A tabernacle, but then it became then the temple. And you'd have to go to Jerusalem. But now, I like, I like what Dad says. In the New Covenant, the Lord took the temple... And he put feet on the temple. And now the temple is able to move around. I'm looking at the temple of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm, I, we don't have to go to Jerusalem to, to be in the presence of God. In you, in me, we are the temple of God. Hallelujah. And here's what that means. Whenever you go onto the job, Whenever you go into the school, whenever you go into the grocery store, whenever you go into the bank, wherever that you go, the spirit of God goes with you because he is in you. You are a temple of almighty God. You are a reflection of Jesus Christ to the world. Hallelujah. Talking about salt and light. There it is. Hallelujah. You are the temple of God. I've told this before, but I'll tell it just one more time. When, when, when I was in Jerusalem, we of course went to the Kotel, which is the, the, the wailing wall, the western retaining wall of the temple. And it's, it's a very holy site for the Jews. And there were many of them there that they were praying. And, uh, that's where, you know, people will, they'll write their, their prayer requests down and they'll stick it into the wall. Well, I didn't do that. And unfortunately, I saw a few times the guy was trying to put it in and it was <laughs> it was so jam packed that it kept falling, falling down. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but he was trying to get his prayer requests in the wall. So desperately, I thought, sir, you don't have to write your prayer down on a piece of paper and stick it in a wall. Just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, and you can enter into the throne room of grace and make your requests known directly to God Almighty. But you've got to know it that you've got to be saved. It's always, you can do that. But as we were there, I, I was, you know, I, I walked up and I touched the wall and I looked around. It, it was amazing to be there. Don't get me wrong. It was amazing. It was amazing. But I was looking around and the, the Jews that were there, especially, they were very adamantly praying. And, and a lot of them, when they pray, they rock back and forth. So you see them like doing this and they'll be reading their scripture and they're, they're doing just like this. I don't know how they read and do this because I, I can't do that. It's just like if y'all ever seen Tommy Bates when he comes to the Family Worship Center and he's singing and he'll start doing this when he's singing. I'm like, how does he do that and not get a whiplash? You know, it's just, maybe I don't have that talent, you know, but they, they were standing there doing this and they were praying. And that that's that's their like their concentration, uh, uh, concentration, consecration. That means they're really praying. So they, they're going fast. You know, they're into it. So I was watching all that and just the whole thing and. I went up and touched the wall and I thought, I don't feel very, like, it's, it's amazing to be here, but I didn't feel, I expected to feel something. Maybe the hair on my neck to stand up, maybe a tingly sensation, maybe the spirit of the Lord moving. I felt, I thought I'd feel something when I went up to the wall. I didn't feel anything. And I thought, 
Now, Lord, what am I missing? Like, I must be missing something. It's got to be me. It can't be them. And as I'm standing there, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, look around. You see them all praying. What are they praying for? What do they want? And the answer is they, they wanted what there was once, what once was there at that location, which was the presence of God. That's what they were longing for. And the Lord said, they don't have that, but you do. And he said, you don't have to go to a wall or to the temple mount just a few feet away. He said, son, I put my spirit in you. And this verse that Paul wrote to the Corinthians came to my heart. He said, don't you know that you, you are the temple. Because of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary, you have what they're looking for. You have what they're seeking for. Whenever you experience, ladies and gentlemen, the peace of God, whenever you experience the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit, whenever that in the midst of your storm, you cry out to him and you feel that peace in your heart. That's what the world is looking for. That's what the world they're turning to drugs, they're turning to pills, they're turning to to alcohol, they're turning to relationships, they're turning to psychology, they're turning to religion, they're turning to money to try to find that answer. But you have what they're looking for, the spirit of God dwelling in your heart. You have the peace of God. You're at peace with God because of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary and you accepting that finished work. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So when you're saved, the spirit of God comes and dwells in your heart. That's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But there's even more that takes place because when you're saved, the Holy Spirit, he seals us. We are sealed in him. You can read in Ephesians chapter one and Ephesians chapter four. It talks about this now. To be sealed, S-E-A-L-E-D, sealed by the Spirit and with the Spirit. What does that mean? It has several meanings and several connotations, but I'll just go through a few. Number one, when something was sealed, especially in the Old Testament, it was a mark of security. It meant if something was sealed, that, that there was a security to it. It could not be questioned. Every demon in hell, every fallen angel, Satan himself, they can try to say that you aren't saved. But their words will fall short because you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. What that means is it's a guarantee that you are on your way to heaven. Glory to God. And the first fruits of the guarantee of our salvation is the very fact that we have the Holy Spirit living in us and with us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's no devil in hell that can snatch you out of the hand of Almighty God. Now, you can walk away, and sadly some do, but there's no height, there's no depth, there's no demon in hell, there's no devil that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. 
There is a security that's there. Your salvation is sure because the price was paid at Calvary. Glory to God. When something is sealed, it means that the transaction is finished. In the ancient days, the seal was very important because when a when a transaction was going on to show that it was finished, today you get a receipt, right? Unless you pay with your phone and you get it through an email. But you get a receipt. You, you have a deed. It shows the transaction is done. The price has been paid and ownership has been transferred. I remember standing on that auction block of sin. Satan there controlled me. He had the highest bid. But ownership was transferred. Back at Calvary, Jesus said, Son, I bought you. Now you are made free. Whom the Son has made free is free indeed. Glory to God. I'm free. I'm free. You're free. Glory. The transaction is finished. When Jesus said it is finished, that was the seal that said the price has been paid and no one can ever argue or question that. Such a price was paid at Calvary that it will last for eternity. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are sealed with the Spirit because the the, the transaction is finished. It's settled. And lastly, when something was sealed, it was done so because there was authority. There was an authority. We have available to us as born-again believers, as regenerated, redeemed individuals, we have available to us the name of Jesus and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you think of that. You have living in your heart and in your life. You have the anointing. You have the Holy Spirit. That whenever the devil comes at you. You can bind him in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. You can take authority over him in the name of Jesus. And whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. It's about time that the church start exercising the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. You may read the news and see the news and look at what's happening in the world and you see the devil and every demon running to and fro. And that's what they're doing because their time is short. It's time that the church start taking authority in the name of Jesus and binding the powers of darkness. And I'm talking about the world out there, but I'm also talking about your family. You start binding the enemy in the name of Jesus when he comes against your family and tries to destroy you. You bind him in the name of Jesus. You've been sealed with the spirit and you have the authority (laughs) in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I think if the church would stand up in the power that we've been given, the power that has come because of the cross and the Holy Spirit now working in us and through us, we would see a change in society. In fact, that's the only thing that will bring the change. That's the only thing. You can have a church that's full of a thousand people, 10,000 people. But if there's no spirit of God, there will be no change. 
there will be no impact. But you take just a small remnant, just a few, get them full of the Holy Ghost, get them full of the fire, get them full of the power of Almighty God, and you send them out there into the world, they'll turn the world right side up for the cause of Christ. Just read the book of Acts and you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Everywhere that Jesus went, he was led by the Spirit, even to the point of the cross. He died exactly at the time of the sacrifice. He was put on the cross at the time of the morning sacrifice, and he died at the time of the afternoon or the evening sacrifice. That's because the Holy Spirit told him when he could die. Everything he did in life and even in death was led and directed by the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. If Jesus, who was the Son of God, perfect, without sin, had a relationship, perfect relationship with the Father, knew the Word like no one else, they said, we've never heard a man speak like this man before. If he could do all of that and was all of that, but he needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do we? need the Holy Spirit constantly. Your adversary, the devil, he's stronger than you. He's more powerful than your will. He's more powerful than your capabilities. But he's not more powerful than the Spirit of Almighty God. Hallelujah. As I bring this to a close, the Scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, don't be drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Very simple. It means that you are to be controlled by the Spirit. That's why the Scripture says, don't be drunk where it is excess. In other words, if you are imbibing alcohol, that alcohol is what will control you. Now, I'm not going to preach on alcohol. Don't worry. I mentioned that last night. I don't think anyone got mad, so we're good. But here's the point. That alcohol will control you. You can fill in the blank. It could be anything. We are not to be controlled by anything other than the Spirit of God. To be filled with the Spirit means that you are controlled by the Spirit. That means the Spirit of God is working on you, in you, through you, around you, from A to Z, from morning till night, and even while you sleep. The Spirit of Almighty God is to control you. Now, here's the thing. He's God, but He's the dove. The Holy Spirit's not going to force you to do anything. You have to yield. You have to yield. How do I yield, Brother Josh? It's actually very simple. By placing your faith exclusively in the finished work of Christ on Calvary, that means that you are crucified with Christ. You're out of the way. That's how we yield completely to the Spirit of God and to the things of God is by placing our faith exclusively 
in the finished work of Christ. Not in ourselves, not in our works, but in His finished work. And that's how we yield to the Spirit. And the last point, it says, be filled with the Spirit. This verb here, it's the present tense. It means to keep being filled. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came. He came and He descended and He's never left. And He took up residence in the heart and the lives of the believers. And they were filled. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And incidentally, the initial physical evidence that you are baptized in the Holy Spirit is the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That is the initial physical evidence. I know that there's questions about that in the church world today. It doesn't matter. The answer, the questions have been answered in the Bible and by experience. The initial physical evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, of being filled with the Spirit, is that you will speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Jesus said, out of your innermost being, out of your belly, shall flow rivers of living water. That menhaim, that living water, is the Spirit of God flowing. And in this dry and this dirty world, we need the cleansing flow of the Spirit of God that will wash away the impurities. Be ye filled with the Spirit. Is not just a one-time event. But we must continue to be filled with the Spirit. As you can begin playing something, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. This is what I felt in my heart tonight. First of all, if you're here, you're saved, but you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Tonight is your night to be filled. Hallelujah. Tonight is your night. And for the rest of us, we've gotten a little dry. We need a fresh touch. We need a fresh touch. We need to be filled and refilled. So tonight, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to move in our midst. And if you have a need, you'd say, Brother Josh, I'm a little overwhelmed at life and things that are going on. Your answer is to feel that touch from heaven flowing through your soul. And you'll know that everything's going to be all right. So tonight, as everyone is standing, please, I want everyone to stand if you can in this place. I'm going to invite you to come to the altar, to come to the front, so we can pray with you. If you've not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I want you to come stand in the middle, right here in the middle. If you've never been filled, you stand right here. And for those of you that would say, Brother Josh, I need a refilling and a fresh touch. I want you to come as well and stand behind these. Now, we're going to pray for you in just a moment. But for the rest of us, I want us to come and to seek God for just a few moments before we pray. As our dear sister sings and leads us in a moment of worship, let's close our eyes, lift our hands to heaven, and get ready to receive from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah to the Lamb.
Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to Power of the Cross Radio. We hope these moments of inspiration have stirred your heart and uplifted your soul. Our mission is to share the timeless message of hope, love, and transformation that the cross represents. But we couldn't do this without you, our dedicated listeners. Your support breathes life into our broadcasts, enabling us to reach even more people with this powerful message. As you've experienced firsthand, the words spoken and the music played have the ability to touch lives and bring about positive change. If Power of the Cross Radio has become a source of encouragement and light for you, we kindly ask for your help in sustaining this ministry. Your contributions, whether big or small, make a significant impact in keeping this radio station on the airwaves. By partnering with us, you become part of a community that is spreading love, faith, and healing to all corners of the world. So please, consider supporting us financially, sharing about us with friends and family, and returning to listen. Let's continue this journey together, as we dive deeper into the profound message of the cross and its transformative power. Thank you for your unwavering support, and we look forward to having you right here with us again on Power of the Cross Radio. Remember, your involvement truly makes a difference. And until next time, stay blessed.